The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Bear thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 22 My God, my God, look upon me. Why hast thou forsaken me, and art so far from my health and from the words of my complaint? O oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not, and in the night season also I take no rest. And thou continuest holy, O thou worship of Israel. Our fathers hoped in thee, they trusted in thee, and thou didst deliver them. They called upon thee and were holpen, they put their trust in thee and were not confounded. But as for me, I am a worm and no man, a very scorn of men and the outcast of the people. All they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot out their lips and shake their heads, saying, He trusted in the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him, if he will have him. But thou art he that took me out of my mother's womb. Thou wast my hope when I hanged yet upon my mother's breasts. I have been left unto thee ever since I was born. Thou art my God, even from my mother's womb. O go not from me, for trouble is hard at hand, and there is none to help me. Many oxen are come about me. Fat bowls of Bashan close me in on every side. They gape upon me with their mouths, as it were a ramping and a roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart also in the midst of my body is even like melting wax. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue cleaveth to my gums, 
and thou bringest me into the dust of death. For many dogs are come about me, and the counsel of the wicked layeth siege against me. They pierced my hands and my feet, I may tell all my bones. They stand staring and looking upon me. They part my garments among them, and cast lots upon my vesture. But be not thou far from me, O Lord. Thou art my succor, haste thee to help me. Deliver my soul from the sword, my darling from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth. Thou hast heard me also from among the horns of the unicorns. I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. O praise the Lord, ye that fear him. Magnify him, all ye of the seed of Jacob, and fear him, all ye seed of Israel. For he hath not despised nor abhorred the low estate of the poor. He hath not hid his face from him, but when he called unto him, he heard him. My praise is of thee in the great congregation. My vows will I perform in the sight of them that fear him. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. They that seek after the Lord shall praise him. Your heart shall live forever. All the ends of the world shall remember themselves and be turned unto the Lord, and all the kindreds of the nation shall worship before him. For the kingdom is the Lord's, and he is the governor among the nations. All such as be fat upon earth have eaten and worshipped. All they that go down into the dust shall kneel before him, and no man hath quickened his own soul. My seed shall serve him. They shall be counted unto the Lord for a generation. They shall come, and shall declare his righteousness unto a people that shall be born, whom the Lord hath made. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. <clears throat> Here begins the eleventh chapter of the book of Job. Then Zophar the Namathite answered and said, Should not the multitude of words be answered? And should a man full of talk be vindicated? Should your empty talk make men hold their peace? And when you mock, should no one rebuke you? For you have said, My doctrine is pure, and I am clean in your eyes. But oh, that God would speak and open his lips against you, that he would show you the secrets of wisdom, for they would double your prudence. Know therefore that God exacts from you less than your iniquity deserves. Can you search out the deep things of God? Can you find out the limits of the Almighty? They are higher than heaven. What can you do? Deeper than shale. What can you know? Their measure is longer than the earth and broader than the sea. If he passes by, imprisons, and gathers to judgment, then who can hinder him? For he knows deceitful men. He sees wickedness also. Will he not then consider it? For an empty-headed man will be wise when a wild donkey's colt is born a man. If you would prepare your heart and stretch out your hands toward him, if iniquity were in your hand and you put it far away and would not let wickedness dwell in your tents, then surely you could lift up your face without spot. Yes, you could be steadfast and not fear, because you would forget your misery and remember it as waters that have passed away, and your life would be brighter than noonday. Though you were dark, you, though you were dark, you would be like the morning, and you would be secure because there is hope. Yes, you would dig around you and take your rest in safety. You would also lie down, and no one would make you afraid. Yes, many would court your favor. 
but the eyes of the wicked will fail, and they shall not escape, and their hope, loss of life. Here ends the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed, for he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath holpen his servant Israel as he promised to our forefathers, Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 24th verse of the 13th chapter of the Gospel of St. Matthew. Another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field, but while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servants said to him, Do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, No, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let them both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, First gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. Here ends the second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. And do thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, make clean our hearts within us.
and take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Lord, we pray thee that thy grace may always prevent and follow us and make us continually to be given to all good works. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness, through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Light in our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Good evening, everybody. My initial plan was to give us a rousing lesson on, um, you know, on the on a theological speculation, a wild goose chase of why the unicorns in Psalm 22 are real unicorns. I decided against it at the last second. Uh, instead, we should look at Job and the bad advice that his friend is giving him. Uh, we have to remember in reading the book of Job that um, that all the speeches we're hearing from the friends of Job are not necessarily meant to be read as as you know sort of gospel truth, uh, but rather we're meant to read them as um, as sort of prototypical human responses to the to this riddle that we're unpacking in the book of Job that this person who is apparently righteous, um, and we know as readers of the whole narrative and are perceivers of the inner counsel of God and the, and the counsel of the sons of God before the throne of, of God, um, that Job is, is in fact righteous. There's no doubt about that. Um, and so, and yet he has been made allowed to be you know, put through tremendous suffering. So we see what the friends are, of course, is they're giving various um, sort of typical responses, both theological, philosophical, existential, personal, um, irrational, um, all kinds of ways that we tend to confront this um, very, um, very grave riddle um, that, that has grave consequences to it. So uh, Zophar, the Namathite, comes along and he has a three part speech that he gives to Job here in chapter 11. One is he, he says, you know, Job has claimed something that is clearly false of being righteous. Um, would that God would answer him and then does something almost wise for a minute and pauses in his speech and then immediately fills the silence that God does not immediately fill with his own words where he then goes and then, you know, sort of supplies what he would imagine to be the speech of God as a bitter rebuke against Job, and then concludes um, that Job must repent now and sort of repeats the refrain of two of his other friends that clearly he's done something wrong, clearly that wrongdoing needs repentance, and then God will lift his heavy hand from off of Job's life. Um, this is wrong. This is not what the right answer is. Um, it's kind of, it, it reminds me a little bit of sometimes the generic Christian answers we kind of throw at the wall to try and get something uh, to stick. Um, this is kind of, you know, the kind of scattershot spiritual direction here, right? It's like, well, yeah, if life is really bad for you right now, um, you know, couldn't hurt to, you know, to, to, to repent of everything you've ever done wrong, you know, in the hopes that, you know, secretly you've offended God somewhere along the way. It's, you know, maybe not wrong, you know, not wrong in some some sense. But in this case, it is not the thing that is it's not to speak the words of wisdom because it is wisdom speaks things as they really are. And it isn't the words of the friends are not accounting for things as they really are. The best thing Zophar could have done would have been to say, 
God needs to come and address you right now, and then to shut up and allow God to do so. And that's also true of much of our, our engagement in spiritual direction as well. We do really well to say, ah, yes, this is a, this is a significant riddle. This is a significant question. This is a conundrum. We must, let's pray and sit still in that prayer um, and await the Lord's illumination of the thing. Uh, but it's very tempting to kind of rush in and to fill the silence. And that's what Zophar illuminates for us as an impulse. And, you know, it stands in contrast, um, you know, as we as we look at um, this, as we look at, uh, you know, the, the question that Zophar is puzzling through and doing his best and still getting it wrong to answer, it's really the thing that's illuminated by the parable of Jesus in Matthew 13, when he says, you know, for a lot, the servant comes along and says, um, you know, my Lord, you, uh, it seems like someone has come and, so, and sowed uh, darnel, uh, bearded darnel among our wheat, which has a very similar kind of sprouting phase. Um, and is in fact a weed though. Um, and he says, you know, it seems like, you know, someone has sowed something that doesn't belong in our field here. And he says, we need to give it time. Uh, in their maturity and the fullness of their life, they will yield fruit if they are true wheat, or they will reveal themselves to be fruitless if they are not true wheat. And Jesus says, you know, a very curious kind of verb construction at the beginning of this. He says, um, this is what the kingdom of heaven is now like. He says, you know, the, the English will often represent it as the kingdom of heaven is like, but he's sort of uh, making a pivot here in chapter 13 at this parable when he says, because um, those who have um, who have been apparently my people for all of this time have proven themselves to be the ones who are getting ready to reject their Messiah, um, that there's going to be this difficulty in telling apart who are the actual people of God as this kingdom is coming and becoming manifest in the world. The kingdom of Christ is being manifest in the world. So we'll have a question of who are the people of God, but the fruit of their lives will bear the evidence of who they are. And so it's really a question, again, of that ability to sit and to wait on the Lord to produce the fruit through the lives of those who are his own and for that not to happen in the lives of those who um, outwardly may, you know, sort of uh, pretend to be uh, of his people and yet inwardly are rebelling against him or who are, you know, sort of trying to remain to themselves, their own people. And so really we come back to, again, the wisdom and poetry of Psalm 22, which, you know, I can never hear without hearing it chanted in my head as it is on Monday, Thursday. Um, and on Good Friday, you know, when we when we when we see this this psalm repeated uh, in in different forms throughout the triduum, we we see like the the voice of the psalmist is the voice of the faithful one of Israel who says, "My God, my God, why have you forsaken me?" This is the voice of Job, and ultimately, this is the voice in perfect form and perfect fullness of Christ on the cross, the righteous one who does not deserve to suffer and yet is suffering in the in the sight of all. And everyone is throwing their hypothesis at it, right? You offended God. You were a false leader. You were a false messiah, a false shepherd of the people. And yet none of that is true. And yet he says in the voice of the psalmist, I wait upon the Lord. And in time, my seed shall be counted for a generation. And, and then and the blessing of God will fall upon a people that are yet to be born whom the Lord shall, whom the Lord hath made. Um, this is this awaited vindication that the faithful one always does. And so it's a reminder for us to echo those words in our own life and to like Job, um, say our question from an earnest heart and then to wait um, and not to be content with the, you know, with an answer just for the sake of having one. Um, and so for us, um, it's a call to patience tonight, um, as most Fridays leading toward Advent will be. Um, it's a renewed call to patience as we go into the darkness of Friday night to wait through the 
ambiguity of Saturday and await again the rising of the Son of God on Sunday morning to go and receive him diligently, because that in due time sustains us in this sort of perplexity that we endure as his people and ultimately is the thing that produces the fruit of our lives and makes us uh, evidently his people. A couple thoughts for tonight. Let us pray. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice, and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good, and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil, and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble. And do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities. For his sake who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Amen. You all for joining in tonight. Good to be with you. Thanks to Aaliyah, my co-leader tonight. You have a wonderful start to your weekend. Thank you. Father Hayden. Yeah. Father Hayden, I'm interested in what you were going to say about the unicorn. <laughs> that, that awaits another study. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We have to wait bye for bye the bye next for cycle. <laughs> That's right. Sorry. Okay. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.